see the major problem in the university system over time is the issue that borders the welfare of our members and that of our funding of public universities. When we say public universities, we're talking about federal universities and state-owned uh, universities. Uh, if you look at what has been happening over the years, since the 70s, the running battle that also has been having with government over time uh, borders especially on funding. My name is Ayodele Adieu, and you're listening to the Hourglass Pod, a weekly podcast produced by the Avalon Daily that goes back in time to explain complex socio-economic and socio-political issues that puzzles us today. Every week, I'll bring you current and passionately debated issues that escaped the generous lessons of history and is now unraveling before our very eyes in very complex and sometimes dangerous ways. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes to listen every week. Be kind to leave a comment and tell a friend or sibling about the Hourglass Pod. It is very appalling that all our university students are at the same level they are in 2019, they are at the same level in 2020, and they are about to enter that same level in 2021. It has been, ASU strike is no longer a thing that is occasional, that occasionally occur. It is now a yearly event. So every student that comes to our campuses must experience ASU strike. It is quite unfortunate that when I was in primary school, I was hearing about ASU strikes. I got to secondary school, I made it about ASU what? Strike. In my first degree, ASU strike. As a postgraduate student again, ASU strike. The 1980s were not particularly a good period for most Nigerians. It was a period characterized by high inflation, scarcity, collapse of major businesses and factories, and civil unrest. It was the period when middle-class Nigerians fell off the social ladder and when many families had to wait on long and sometimes endless queues to buy a loaf of bread or a tin of milk. The use of firewoods and locally made stoves became a common sight in middle-income homes as everyone grappled with what many economists described as a period of depression. It was during this period that over 1,000 lecturers from various universities across the country went in search of a better life abroad. This marks exodus of lecturers from Nigerian universities and the running battle with the military administration during that period led to an unprecedented decline in the standard of university education in Nigeria and one that the country is yet to recover from. Since then, ASU has embarked on at least 15 different strikes culminating in the loss of about four academic years. But there has been very little progress made across federal and state universities since the major strike that led to the proscription of ASU in 1988. Sometime in 1988, ASU organized a nationwide strike during the Babangida-led military government to demand better wages and funding for federal universities. ASU had earlier vehemently criticized the federal government's adoption of the Structural Adjustment Program 
dictated by the World Bank and International Monetary Fund. The unions believed that the SAP, as it was popularly called, would remove the responsibility for education from the hands of the state and federal government and hand it over to the private sector. The government soon ran out of patience with ASU and proscribed the union on the 7th of August 1988. The government confiscated their properties and attempted to bully many of them. They would later re-emerge on the national scene in 1990, led by a courageous but calm and calculating academic from Bayero University, Kanu, Dr. Atai Rujega. And by 1992, feeling played by the government, Jega dared the military government and led a crippling strike in spite of the various threats from the military regime. This time, they were not going to buckle under pressure until their salaries were reviewed and universities were guaranteed better funding. But rather than attempt to genuinely solve the problem, the military government again proscribed ASU. 28 years after, the professor Biodun Ogunyemi led ASU has embarked on another strike which has lasted for nine months and it's still ongoing. And the demands are the same as it were in 1992 and as it were in 1988. Better funding for Nigerian universities. Take a listen to Professor Theophilos Lagi, the chairman of the Academic Staff Union of Universities in Nasarawa State. It's an issue that borders the welfare of our members and that of our funding of public universities. When we say public universities, we're talking about federal universities and state-owned uh, universities. Uh, if you look at what has been happening over the years, since the 70s, uh, there has been this deliberate attempt by government not to give adequate attention to the way uh, universities are being run uh, in Nigeria. And the running battle that also has been having with government over time uh, borders especially on funding. Uh, if you go around public uh, universities, you will be amazed to find out that uh, certain basic facilities like cafeteria services that used to exist are no longer there. Uh, hostels are in shambles. Uh, laboratories, libraries, auditoriums, uh, even lecture halls are saturated with a significant number of students. Uh, some of these students are even hanging where there are no even benches for them to sit. Uh, it will amaze you to note that in most public universities, uh, there are no even uh, uh, seats for children to, to sit, uh, where you find some students are even hanging on the windows while receiving lectures. No public address systems uh, in laboratories, no reagents in the libraries, no books, uh, no, as I've mentioned, no hostel facilities. Some of the students are living off campus. You know, there are, the students are being... Uh, made to live with all manners of miscreants. So this thing has become very worrisome. At the heart of the crisis between the academic staff union and various government is that of funding. Successive governments have claimed that they lack the resources to meet the demands of ASU, while the academic union have also resisted any attempt to grant autonomy of funding to federal and state universities. 
And therein lies the problem. Vitalization cannot be done through the budget. The country is even running a deficit budget. So how do you take money from uh, the budget that is deficit and do revitalization? This is irrespective of the fact that that fund is a revitalization uh, intervention fund. So that was where we are. We train our children. What we are doing here is to make sacrifice for them so that in the future they will not ask us, Daddy, Mommy, what did you do when all these things were happening? Because we went to public primary, we went to public secondary. Now, we don't have enough confidence to send our children to public primary or public secondary. That is what private sector, the private sector mentality, wants to happen to our universities. And Nigerian university scholars are resisting that because we know what Nigeria will lose in the process. We don't want it to happen. The academic union, mostly leftist in ideology, holds strongly to the view that public education should never be priced beyond the reach of the average Nigerian. They argue that every Nigerian should have a fair chance at getting a university education. In itself, this is laudable, but the question that arises is who bears the cost? My first suggestion and advice to managers of the centers of learning is to charge appropriate fees. It does not make sense for someone to pay 36000 or 52000 to study for one year, Naira, not dollars, to study for one year and they hope to get any good quality out of it. The same people who don't want to pay 100000 or 250000 have paid like uh, 300000 to train those um, children now in secondary school, 300000 per term. In some cases, even more than that, depending on the secondary schools they're coming from. Now they get to the university, they want to insist on paying 50000 or 45000 for a whole year of study. What can that get you? The same set of people, when they send their children abroad, they pay 40,000 pounds or dollars or, so, or euros, and are proud of it. So appropriate fees is number one. Once you pay appropriate fees, the universities will have enough funds to run their day-to-day -day operations. The voice you just heard was that of Isaac Ezechuku, the Director of Professional Education, the School of Media and Communication, Pan-Atlantic University in Lagos. There are currently 43 federal universities and 48 state-owned universities in Nigeria, none of which make the least of the top 1,000 universities in the latest global ranking of universities across the world. The University of Ibadan, the highest ranking university from Nigeria, ranked 1,258. More so, there are about 9,500 professors working in these universities, teaching over 1.7 million undergraduates and over 230,000 postgraduate students. But the output has been poor. Hiring managers continue to complain about the quality of our graduates and declaring them unfit for the workplace. You have universities who take on more courses than they can handle. There's nothing compelling you to start that you must start taxi programs at the same time. Why don't you take five? become comfortable, specialize in those five, become known and offer them very well. And when growth permits, 
through extra resources, you can add another two, another one, another three, another five. Then you find this university starting 40 programs, 40 courses. You don't have any funding for them. And you must not start all of them at the same time. If your core is engineering, why don't you focus on engineering? If your core is medicine, in other words, they should specialize. The truth is that our universities deserve better funding. But it is also true that the government cannot fund world-class universities in Nigeria. The resources required to do so do not just exist. Think of it. In 2018, the federal government allocated 278 billion naira to 43 federal universities across the country. A year before that, Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, gave a grant of $400 million, about 180 billion naira, to Stanford University alone. The endowment fund of Harvard University is about $40 billion, over $10 billion more than our entire national budget. What this tells us is that Nigerian universities need to open new windows of funding and this will require that the government gradually hands off the running of these universities. And until this happens, the Nigerian government and the academic union will continue to log heads in a running battle for the next couple of decades, battling for better funding for universities that will never come until the government hands off from completely running the affairs of federal universities across the country. All over the world, there are foundations that are focusing on helping educational institutions and helping different courses of study. So if you're one of those running those courses of study, you'll find a way of attracting funding for special product, projects and courses that you are running. There are scholarships, for instance, in Pan-Atlantic University, 15% of admissions are reserved for indigent students to take care of those who cannot pay. We have had the cases where even now in PAU, a security guard in, the, in PAU did, wrote a jam, did very well. He was given a scholarship, he has graduated, you know, free of charge. So there are ways you can attract funding for indigent students. I know you are taking care of indigent students. Education is expensive. Running of universities are expensive. Running a world-class university is even more expensive and the academic union should know better and should find a way and a common ground upon which both the institutions and the universities and the federal government can work a fine line towards achieving at least 10 global universities in Nigeria. My name is Ayodele Adio and you're listening to the Hourglass Pod a weekly podcast produced by the Avalon Daily that goes back in time to explain complex socio-economic and socio-political issues that puzzles us today. Every week, I'll bring you current and passionately debated issues that escape the generous lessons of history and is now unraveling before our very eyes in very complex and sometimes dangerous ways. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes to listen every week. Be kind to leave a comment and tell a friend or sibling about the Hourglass Pod.